Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you tonight, Lord, thanking you so much for just the opportunity, Lord, to be gathered back without any kind of restrictions, Lord, to be able to come in tonight, Lord, as a body of believers and, Lord, to fellowship one with another and to worship you together, Lord, we thank you for that. Uh, we thank you for scripture and, God, we thank you for what this time of year means to us and this season, God, of being able to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And God, I pray that as we go through your word tonight, God, and we talk about the, uh, the glorious birth of Jesus and how the angels rejoiced and, and how they encouraged the shepherds there. Lord, I just want to pray tonight, Lord, that you will just bless the reading of your word. I pray we'd be strengthened by it. And God, I pray that we would just take what we hear tonight, God, and what we learn. Uh, God, what we probably already know. But God, let it be a reminder to us tonight, Lord, of how much we had to be thankful for and how much we have to, to praise you for. And we want to pray all this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tonight, um, as we get into the glorious birth, this past Friday was a, was a birthday. Uh, somebody in my family had a birthday Friday, and it was as, it's as, to me, I, I celebrate that birthday about as much as I do mine, and that's the, the birthday of my wife. She had a birthday uh, Friday, and she turned 50 years old. And you may say, well, why is that such an important birthday to you? Well, uh, if she hadn't been born, I couldn't have married her. So that's, you know what I'm saying? So if she hadn't been born, I couldn't marry her. If I hadn't married her, she wouldn't be my best friend. And if she wasn't my best friend and I hadn't married her, I wouldn't have three of the greatest blessings that I've ever had in my life, and that's my three children. And so, so, there's a, so there's a lot to, you know, so when she has her birthday, I get excited about that. Because why? Because, because she was born, I get to spend my life with her. And that may sound kind of cheesy to you, but it's kind of the same way with the birth of Jesus. You know, we celebrate the birth of Jesus because you say, well, what's so significant about his birth? Hey, if he hadn't been born, he couldn't have went to the cross and died for our sins. If he hadn't died for our sins, he couldn't have been resurrected on the third day. So we celebrate all of it. So when you, when you celebrate Christ and what he's done in our lives, you can't just celebrate one part of it. It's kind of like the gospel message. You can't separate any one of those three. And if you do, you minimize the gospel. You water it down. There has to be a virgin birth. There has to be a death on the cross, and there has to be a resurrection on the third day. Take one of those out, you've torn it all to pieces. It didn't work anymore. And listen, and it had to be, and we're going to talk about this more in a minute, but it had to be a virgin birth. It couldn't have been just a normal birth because, see, if he'd have been born of the seed of man, he'd have been born with what? Sin. He'd have been born with a sin nature. And Jesus was not born with a sin nature. He was perfect. It's, it's why, you know, if you go over and you read in the Old Testament the, the sacrificial lambs and how they had to be flawless. And, and so Jesus was, well, as John the Baptist said, he's the fine example of Scripture where John was there in the Jordan River baptizing and Jesus comes walking up. John says, behold, the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God, the Lamb. He takes away the sins of the world. And so we celebrate that tonight, that if there wasn't one, there couldn't have been the other. And so as we move into our scripture tonight, i got three quick points I want us to look at here. Um, and, you know, as we, as we think about this scripture tonight, I love Christmas time. Does anybody else? Man, I absolutely love it. The only thing I will tell you what I don't like about it is when it's over. That part, is, it just, I'm crushed. You know, it's the build-up. I love the build-up. You know, I love, I love all the songs we sing in church. Uh, I, I, love the, I love the sermons that we get to preach and the things we get to talk about. And, of course, we can talk about these things any time of the year, okay? 
And, and I'm just going to tell you, I, I love, as crazy as it sounds, I love going in the malls and seeing all the decorations. And I know it doesn't have really anything to do with, uh, well, there is significance in the tree and all, but we won't get into all that tonight. But I love the lights. And, and some of what I love is I love to go to the big malls because it gives me a chance to hang out with my wife. She and I go Christmas shopping together, so I enjoy doing that. Uh, I even enjoy the crowd sometimes, you know, up to an extent, and then I get tired of it, and then it's time I'm ready to go home. But, but even though I love all of those things, and I love the trees, and I love the lights and all, the thing that I don't like about it is when we get to Christmas Day, it's like you get that day, and then it's over. you got to wait a whole other year, you know. And so I love all that builds up to it. But as much as I love the decorations and as much as I love the trees and the excitement of family being together, that's not what it's about. It's about the birth of Jesus Christ. And I want us to focus on that tonight. I don't want us to, I don't want us to miss that. Uh, all the other stuff is good. There's nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. It's fun. Uh, we, we do all that at our house. And, and, uh, and, and of course, and if you, you know, I'll leave that alone. I'm about to chase a rabbit. Let's move on. I was about to start meddling into something I should probably not meddle in. Point number one is this. Let's look at the reassurance. Let's look at the reassurance here. In verse 9 and 10, I want you to notice um, what's being said here. Now, the Bible tells us in verse 8 that in the same country there were shepherds that were out there in the field and they were keeping a watch over their flock of, of sheep. But then verse 9 it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, there was a reason why they were afraid, okay? They're out in the field, they're tending the sheep, and all of a sudden an angel shows up. Boop! And there he is. And, you know, could you imagine what that must have been like? It would have been scary. And so, but I like what the angel said to him there. He says, or I say he, the angel, says, Do not be afraid. Now, I think that's a significant saying, do not be afraid, because they were clearly afraid. They would have been. I would have been. If you were out there tending your sheep in the nighttime and an angel appears, it would have been frightful. And so they were rightfully scary. And so we could bring that over into today's time. And I think this is significant to me in my own life, I think it is. Maybe it's not for you. But I need that reassurance today. Okay, and that's point number one, the reassurance. The angel was reassuring the shepherds, I need that reassurance today that I don't have anything to be afraid of. And right now, there's plenty to be afraid of in this world. I think there's, and, and we're no different than any other time period that's probably ever lived. Every time period has had its own fears. I mean, we've got more technology now than it's ever been. We've got so many different things that we have to tend with. But throughout the ages, there's always been something that's been fearful in the lives of the people. So we're not the first ones to deal with an illness. We're not the first ones to deal with war and all of these other things. Throughout history of man, this has always been something that had to be dealt with. But we live in a scary time. There's so much to be afraid of. But the angels is telling the, the shepherds, you don't have to be afraid or do not be afraid. And I, I wrote down a few things in my notes here that things that cause fear to rise up in me, and that's sometimes, you know, and I just listed them down as they popped into my head, finances. Well, you know why finances? Because finances represent security in this, this day and time. You don't have finances, you don't have security. You don't have a, a plan for the future so that you can know that you're going to be able to live out your days comfortably. Those are, those are things we worry about. You know, we worry about our family. Sometimes we worry about job security. You know, do we have a job that we're going to be able to go to every day? We got health that we worry about. Uh, sometimes broken relationships. 
And of course, right now, the big E is politics in our country. You know, that's, that's very fearful. Well, we're still waiting to see how all that pans out. And so those things bring fear into our lives. And then, and then of course, right now, the big thing is uh, the COVID, you know, the COVID-19 and the death that that causes. And I want to stop and say something there just for a moment. Rarely am I wrong. But from time to time, from time to time, you know, my wife laughed and I said that same thing. So, but when I am, I hope that I'm big enough to admit that I'm wrong, okay? So, but this week, I had something that kind of hit me differently, and I felt like God showed me something. And, and I, wanna, I just want to pause for a second and say it right here. And I hope you hear me the way I mean it to be said, because it's really, I, I said, I had a funeral yesterday. My, uh, as I told you guys the other day, my father-in-law's brother had passed away, so we had his funeral yesterday. And so by the time we got through with that, you ever just had times where you just need to get along? Yesterday was one of those, David, I thought about you because I, I went set in the woods yesterday and I really didn't care if I saw anything or not. I just, I just, I told Connie, we got through the funeral, she had basketball practice and I told her, I said, if you don't have an issue with it, I'm going to sit in the woods for a while. I just need to go sit and think. I, I just want quietness. And as I'm, and I had a lot of things I was processing. It was some of the people I had talked to yesterday, some of the people I had, had been around and, and my heart was hurting for them. So I just went and sat in the woods and man, I just, me and God just talked for a while. And so... But as I, you know, this whole COVID thing, you know, I have an issue on one side with people who are, are, are so afraid that they're not doing anything. And, and then I, on this side, I have an issue with people, you know, that, um, that I don't know, can do all of the things that they can do. But then there's this. It's, anyway, just back into and sometimes I probably, and God really showed me this yesterday, but sometimes I probably make lighter of it than I should. And, and that's been, and when I say lighter, I, lighter of the COVID than probably I should. I, one of my weaknesses in life, I'm not afraid of very much, okay? I probably should be. I'm like 5'9", you know, I weigh 100 or nothing. I probably should be afraid of things, but I'm not. I just never have been. It's bred into me. I'm a Collie and a Crosby mix, and it's just, I'm just not afraid of a whole lot. I think when my time comes, I'll go. And that's, but because I live my life that way, I expect everybody else to live their life that way, and that's not right. And, and so yesterday, I, I really came to grips with something, and somebody said something to me, not directly to me, but said something, and it just, reg it just resonated in my head. And yesterday, you know, sometimes with the COVID, and you may be as guilty as I am, and this is what I'm guilty of sometimes. I'm guilty of probably of making light of something that I probably shouldn't make light of. And, and me and Brother Wally talked many times over, God's give us a brain. We should exercise caution when we should exercise caution. But yesterday I stood face to face with a friend of mine who lost his mom not long ago to COVID. Now, to him, it's a very real threat. You get what I'm saying? And so God really, really in, just impacted my heart yesterday that, Vance, if you don't want to think it's a big deal, that's fine. You don't think it's a big deal. But don't make him feel stupid for feeling like it's a big deal. Because I'm sure if I'd lost my mama, I'd probably sit a lot differently too. And so yesterday, and so here's what I'm trying to say, is I go and do whatever I want to go and do. I figure when my time's up, my time's up. There's nothing I can do to change that, and I believe that with all my heart. But for people who want to be safe and cautious, I need to respect that too. And I think we all do. I think we need to all be respectful of other people. Because see, if we're not respectful, then we become what Paul warns us about over in Romans and 1 Corinthians, and that's being a stumbling block. 
We don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody. We don't want to make anybody feel like less than because they don't have the faith that we think they should have. Well, it's not my place to tell you how much faith you need. Um, and you shouldn't tell me the same thing. We all work out our own, as Paul says, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Everybody works out their own life before God. So for those people, you know, it's not really, and I guess what I'm trying to say, I've lost an uncle to it. But I don't guess I've really felt the impact that some people have felt. And so to me, I wrote down death and COVID here because that's not something I'm really that fearful over, but, it, but I haven't been impacted by it yet like some have. And probably if we've experienced some of the things that other people have experienced, we look at it differently too. So, so I said all that to say this. Let's, let's, um, let's respect the beliefs of others who maybe really are truly fearful, and uh, we need to respect that. We're all different. There are things that scare me probably that, um, that wouldn't scare you. I'm scared of my wife. Anybody else scared of her? No, but I am. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Let's move on. And listen, we see all of these things. Listen, we see all of these things going on around us today. And, and we're afraid. I mean, we're, all these things that I just mentioned, and you may have some that you could add to the list and say, Brother Vance, these things scare me. But, but our fears are real. And most of the time, our fears attack us the most. Um, you know, like these guys here, they were out in the field. Just a few of them out there in the field in the dark by themselves, tending to their sheep. When does your fear seem to attack you the most? Most of the time when you're alone and probably laying in your bed at nighttime in the dark. That's when my, that's when my anxieties hit me the most. Because when I lay down at nighttime is when my mind is racing. It's just hard as it can go. And I've told you guys this before. I wake up at 3 a.m. some mornings and, and, and just wide awake. And I wake up, and as soon as I wake up, I go to thinking about what I got to do the next day, or that day, actually. And so then I can't go back to sleep. And so, it's, so you know, the concerns are real. But, but the good news is, it's like the angel said, we don't have to be afraid. It says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Why, why shouldn't they be afraid? Well, this is why. Not only was they saying, look, don't be afraid. We're just angels, so don't be fearful. But I think we can take it even further than that. And the angels are saying, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy. Not just joy, but great joy, which will be to all people. Now, this is pretty cool. We, we, the angels are saying, look, we're bringing you some good news, some great joy that will be to all People. And the good news that they were bringing them was that there was going to be a Savior that was going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, this is really good because why? It's because we needed a Savior, and so did they. So we'll move to point number two, the revelation here. Notice what he says. So he says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, church, I don't know if you know this or not, that was over 2,000 years ago. It was as good a news today as it was then. It's still good news. Um, the, the fact that a Savior was born. We don't want to miss this. This is the greatest Christmas gift that mankind could have ever received was a Savior. And you say, why is it so great? Well, Paul wrote about it over in Romans 3, chapter 3, verse 23. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then he wrote in Romans 6, Verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's good news, church. Y'all don't look like y'all are too excited. 
I, I couldn't, if I gave you a million dollars, it wouldn't be any better. You know, that's, that's great news, the fact that there was a Savior born, and that's what the angel was telling me. He said, look, I got some great news for you. You know, all the prophecy that's been talked about, it's come true. And listen, because, because all the prophecy that was prophesied about the birth of a Savior, because it came true, then that gives us hope that there's the, the return, the second return of Christ, that the prophecy that's been prophesied about that, that's going to come true too. Because just like this happened, that's going to happen. And we should be excited tonight to know that there is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He was born in Bethlehem. And in the midst of all the struggles, in the midst of all the hardships that we go through in this life, in the midst of all the fears, and we have fears, whether we want to acknowledge them or not, we do. In the midst of all of that, there are good news simply because this is not where it ends. The good news is that that Savior that was born also died on the cross, as we said already, for our sins, resurrected on the third day, sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. I've put my faith and trust in Him. And He's telling me, hey, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to get you. So the excitement and the good news today is this, that this is not where it ends. I heard a preacher said on the, on the, uh, in one of his sermons the other day, it might have been the guy from uh, First Baptist Woodstock, I can't remember now, but I was listening to a sermon the other day, and I've, I've said this myself, but I, I want to reiterate it, and it's this. If you're a Christian, this is as bad as it ever gets. If you're lost, this is as good as it ever gets. So, as I tell people, live it up, man. If you don't know Jesus Christ, live it up because this is it for you. But for me, this is not it. This is as bad as I'll ever experience right here. And when the day comes that God comes back to get us as a church or comes back to get me as an individual, listen, I'm going to see him face to face. Um, as I told y'all, Mr. Reed's brother uh, passed away Friday on Connie's birthday. We had his funeral yesterday. If you knew um, her Uncle Wade, Howard... He was just, uh, just, you couldn't help but like him. And, but he had lost his leg, had, had it amputated. I don't really remember, a couple years ago, probably way more than a couple. I can't remember how many years it's been. It's been four already, four years. And um, so somebody made the comment that yesterday, well, he's got his leg back, you know? And, and he does. And, and so listen, he's not rolling around on a wheelchair anymore. You know, he's up running around. And, and, and I have a great uh, story about um, Connie's Uncle Wade. He was such an encouragement to me. But a long time ago, uh, I was, when I was over at Hickox, I was, having a, I was having a bad day, man. And this ain't got anything to do with my sermon, but I'll just share it with you anyway. But I was having a bad day. And I, it was so bad that I, you know, somebody had come in, and if you've ever been a pastor, you know what this is like. But um, somebody just came by the office there and uh, just felt it was their God-given duty just to unload on me that day. <laughs> so, I okay, you know, you just take it and you smile, you know, and, but it hurts. And so they left, and it was something I had preached, and they wanted an apology, and I told them I couldn't give them one. And uh, so, anyway, so she left and went home. But, uh, but I got up, and I thought, you know what? Um, I got to go home. I, it was that bad of a day. I just went home, and, and it was the kind of day I had is I went home, and I sat on my couch, and that was back when I still had a flip phone. That's how long ago it was, my flip phone, you know. And I sat down on my couch, and I honestly slid my phone over. And I may have told you all this before, but I slid my phone over there. It was in my back pocket. I laid on the couch. Nobody was at home but me. I told God I quit. I did. I quit that day. I was through pastor, and I was not going to do ministry ever again. I was done. 
and I was tired of people. I was, you know, it, it just, it all piled up that day, you know. And I sat there, tears all off my face, and I said, God, I'm done. I, I'm going to do something else. I'll welcome people at Walmart. I don't know, but I am not pastoring anymore. And my phone started ringing. And I didn't have Uncle Wade in my phone. It, just, it was just a number. I hadn't programmed him in my phone for whatever reason. And my phone rang, and I looked at it, and I said, I don't know who that is. And I threw it back down, and it just kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. And I picked it up. I thought, come on, guys. Hey, I'm not answering. I don't know who you are, but stop already. And, uh, and it quit, and I thought, thank you, Lord. And it started ringing again. This went on for a couple of minutes. I thought, praise the Lord. And I answered. I said, hello. You know, I was just like that. I was frustrated. He goes, Brother Vance? I said, uh, Uncle Wade? He said, yeah. He said, man, I was just sitting here in my living room. He said, and I just had you on my mind. He said, I don't know. God just really impressed you on my heart right this moment. He said, and uh, something just told me to give you a call. I said, Okay. What you doing? Of course, you're not lying. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just, you know, having a good day. You know, just, you know, I was having a horrible day. He said, uh, he said well, anyway, I, I just wanted to call and tell you how much I appreciate you. And, and uh, what a great job I think you're doing as our pastor. You know, I, I appreciate you so much. And he just went on and on. And, man, I got off the phone, and I just sit there, and I went to bawling. Because you know what it told me? It, it, was, it was a credit to him, but it was a credit to him for listening to God. Because God knew where I was at and he knew what I was going through and he knew I needed that phone call because that was God's way of saying, you can't quit, okay? Suck it up, let's move on. And so, so when I got, but, but, and I, I don't know that I ever got a chance to tell him that. I don't really recall if I did or I didn't. But anyway, that's my, that's my Uncle Wade's story and he's, uh, he was a blessing to me. So that was, he encouraged me that day and kept me from quitting. So I probably wouldn't have quit anyway, but he sure helped me not to. But notice the third point here, I want to talk about that, and that's, that's the rejoicing. I want you to notice what happens here, and, and this is kind of, we're kind of building this up. Because this is, and this is the, to me, the, the kind of the pinnacle of it. As we look here in verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward me. Now, I know we have no idea what that was like. We weren't there. But we just read that. You know what I mean? But when we read it, we go, we, we read the glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward me. Could you imagine what that must have sounded like? I don't know if they were saying it. I don't know if they were singing it. I don't know what they were doing. But all I know is, could you imagine that this angel makes the announcement and it says, and then suddenly... There was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. I mean, could you imagine? All of a sudden, you're out there, and all of a sudden, it just—I could just hear the in my mind. I could just—I could just hear the night just, just echoing these praises of 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 the fact that Jesus is being born. You know, and so and these and I look at this and I go, wow. And what's really awesome about this to me is this, and you need to get this. Do not miss this tonight. The angels don't have as much to praise God over as what I do. You say, Brother Vance, huh? They, they were in heaven with Jesus. Yeah, they were. They were. They created beings. God created them. And they've been in eternity with Him. And they've been praising Him. 
But understand something. As angels, they've never understood the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that has been bestowed upon me or you. You get what I'm coming from? Listen, we deserve hell, okay? We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve to be adopted into God's family. But because of what Jesus did at the cross for you and I, and all I had to do was exercise faith in Jesus Christ in order to be saved. It's through faith. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to do anything. I just have to simply say, I recognize that Jesus Christ is, is, is the Savior of the world. I recognize that I'm a sinner and that I need Him to forgive me of my sins and to save me. I need that. And all I had to do was, dear Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I want you to save me. I want to be a part of your family. And by acknowledging him, God saved me. On a Friday night at Offerman Baptist Church, he adopted me into his family. So I understand what it means to be forgiven. I understand what it means to be forgiven on a daily basis. See, just because I got saved didn't make me perfect. It means I'm in a sanctification process. It means I'm learning. I am learning how to be a Christian. I'm growing more and more like Christ every day, I hope. But I still mess up. And even though I, I, I experienced that that initial uh, forgiveness there on my day of conversion, I still sin every day and I have to come back to God and go, God, I did it again. Lord, I, I got angry. Or Lord, I, I said something to somebody I shouldn't have said. And Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I work on, you know, it's like I told Connie yesterday after the funeral, she and I ran in a hunter to get something to eat before she went to basketball practice. And, and uh, I told her, now y'all don't think hard of me, okay? I'm just being real with y'all, okay? I looked at her, I said, you know, sometimes I just get sick of people. You know, I said, not the good ones, just the bad ones. I said, I just get fed up with the bad people. You know, because I had encountered somebody. I said, I just get tired of it. I said, that's the wrong attitude to have, though. I said, I'm bothered by that. And I told her, I said, isn't that the first step to recovery is when you realize you got a problem? I, I said, I'd be in trouble if I looked and said, well, that's just the way I am. Deal with it. I said, but I recognize that's an issue, you know, that I have an issue with people sometimes. Connie says, no, I do too. And I, and I told her, I said, but the thing is, I'm a pastor. That's horrible. You know, I said that, that people frustrate me sometimes. But, but it's in those moments when I get frustrated that I have to back up and go, God, and you were probably frustrated with me 99% of the time. So I'm sorry, you know. So, you know, but we've experienced grace. We've experienced mercy. And what I'm saying is this. We have, in my opinion, more reasons to praise God than the angels did. That's what I think, okay? That's Vance's opinion. I'm not saying the angels didn't have a reason to praise him. I'm saying the angels have set a, 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 an example for us. They praised God. We ought to praise God. Uh, and when we got a reason to praise him, as a matter of fact, I was reading something today, and it's funny that I was planning to preach this tonight, and then my devotion that I read today went right along with this in a, in a, certain, in a certain way, and that is this, that, uh, you know, it talked about discouragement and it talked about, uh, you know, life's problems getting you down. And, and it said, but, you know, and it said, if we will focus on praising God. Now, that's hard when you're discouraged. But it said, if we'll focus on praising God, then it will be a lot harder for us to be discouraged and to be down about our problems. In other words, if we'll exercise praise, and the thing is with praise, you have to exercise that. You have to have the mindset that I'm going to praise God regardless. 
And today, I, you know, I was here at the church today, and I, I you know, studied, and I went and done a few things I had to do, and this, that, and the other. And I got home about four o'clock, and uh, my dog needed to be walked, and so I got this, and this. I told you about my Shepsky, but. Uh, she's full of energy, and so I, I walk her every day that I can. I don't get to do it every day. But she and I are walking, and I'm, ex- I'm trying to exercise this, this praise, you know. And so, and I, I think I mentioned this Sunday, it is hard sometimes to pray without asking God for something. But I think that's how we should pray sometimes. Our prayer shouldn't always be like a, a recipe or a checklist of, God, this is what I need, God. I need you to do this for me. But our prayer needs to start off with just praise, just praising God. And so as my dog and I were walking today, <clears throat> I began to just try to get a mind of praise and go, you know, God, you have, it was a beautiful day today. Did anybody notice? It was too cold. It was absolutely wonderful. You need to walk my dog. I was sweating, okay? I was pouring sweat because she was walking me so fast. I was supposed to be walking her, but she was walking me. But I was, you know, but it was a beautiful day and I got to noticing, you know, the trees and how pretty the trees are and, and I mean, and so before I realized it, I, I was focused on all the good things of God. And I thought, God, help me to do that better. Because, listen, praise and pr- is not something we do just on Sunday morning. We don't come into church and just praise God. Praising God is a lifestyle. I mean, worship is, is something we practice every day. And sometimes it's hard. But I have found in my own life, in those hard times is when I need to do it the most. When I need to do it the most. I don't have everything that I want, <clears throat> but I sure got everything that I need. I do. It is cold outside, and tonight I'll go home and be warm. Uh, and I don't think I'm out of line by saying this, because I don't, I'm not going to call any names, but Connie called me today at lunch. She said, i got to share something with you. She said, that just broke my heart. I said, okay, what is it? She said, I had one of my students come in late today, and she said, and I asked him, I said, well, Hey, buddy, what, what, what are you doing? So, you know, gosh, you're getting here late. And he goes, yeah, well, my mom had somewhere she had to go this morning. And, um, and so she needed to take a bath before she went. And it, it took more buckets of water to fill up the tubs than she thought it was going to. So it took a little while. Connie said, that just broke my heart. Because you don't know every situation. Everybody doesn't have it as good as we have it. Uh, you know, there are people out there, and, and, you know, we take it for granted every time we turn on a faucet and water comes out. We take it for granted that we'll go home tonight and it'll be warm in the house and it won't be freezing cold and there'll be people that'll sleep in the cold tonight. There'll be people that obviously won't have running water. They have to go gather it from somewhere else. And so what I'm saying is we have plenty of reasons to praise God tonight. Plenty of reasons. My Savior... The fact that I, I have a Savior in, a, in an eternal heaven, or an eternal home waiting for me in heaven, that's enough to praise God over. But listen, the fact that I got on clean clothes, the fact that I, I haven't, I don't know what it means to go hungry. I've never gone hungry. I've not eaten everything that I've wanted, and I've eaten some things in my life that I pray God it wouldn't kill me. But I've never gone hungry, okay? I don't know what that's like. I had a car that I drove up in here tonight. I have gas in it. I have money to buy. In other words, blessings upon blessings upon blessings. Things may not be exactly the way we want them to be, but it doesn't mean that we don't have plenty of reasons to praise God. As far as I know it right now, um, I'm in decent health that I know of. So I praise God for that. 
And I think we have a lot of reasons to praise Him tonight, a lot of reasons to uh, rejoice. But the main reason we're rejoicing this Christmas season, and we've entered into December, is the fact that there was a Savior born in Bethlehem. And we've been talking about Ruth a lot on Sunday mornings, but that's also the same city that Ruth and Boaz met, the great-grandmother of David. And it would work its way on down through the lineage of David that a Savior would be born. Isn't that awesome? But listen, church, I'm going to close with this thought. We have a lot to rejoice about tonight in the fact that we are saved. We ought to be rejoicing by sharing that good news of salvation with people that need to hear it. There's a lot of people out there that need to hear about Jesus Christ. I shared with you guys Sunday morning, I'll use this as my illustration in closing, but I shared with you guys, I think it was Sunday morning, about the, uh, how quickly the buck came into the woods a few years ago and I didn't get to shoot him. Of course, y'all weren't all here. Some of y'all are watching online. I talked about how quickly he come in, and I didn't get to shoot him. But honestly, if I had got a chance to kill that deer, I'd still be telling you about it, okay? I'd still be bragging about that big old deer. And I said that to say this. We'll tell people about everything in the world that really ain't going to amount to anything one day. If we get a brand-new truck, man, we'll tell everybody about that brand-new truck we got. Let me show you my new truck, you know? Smell it. Don't it smell good? You know, we'll talk about the big deer we killed. and We'll, we'll just talk about all kinds of things. But we have the greatest news in the world, and that is the fact that Jesus Christ was born over 2,000 years ago, went to the cross and died for the sins of man, and we know what it means to be saved. We know what it means to go from death to life. We know what it feels like to have been lost and, and saved. We know that feeling. We know how awesome it is. We know what it feels like to have an eternal future, hope. We, we, we know that feeling, and yet the most glorious news in the world, we keep it to ourselves. We never share it. Tonight, we're going to have a time of prayer that we've had, how we've had in the past. If you need to leave, you can leave, but if you can, stay and pray with us for a few minutes. Pray that God will give us boldness during this season of time to share the gospel message. Listen, there's never been a better time to share the gospel message than right now. Because you get a chance to ask people, you like Christmas? Yeah. Do you know what it means? Well, yeah, it's the time we get together with our family. No, there's something deeper than that. Do you know what it means? In other words, God has given us a time of the year to talk about Jesus and to tell them why we have Christmas, why we celebrate Christmas. We need to take those opportunities. We don't need to pass them up. So tonight, as Ron's got us some music queued up back there, I hadn't told him this, but I hope he can cue me up some. That or we can sit in silence. It's okay. But I'm going to ask you tonight to pray. Pray for all the people in our communities and in our, in our nation that need Jesus Christ. Pray that we will be bold, be bold in our witness to share the gospel. Pray for all the people that we come in contact with on a weekly basis that we would share the gospel message and not be ashamed to share it because God has given us something to tell. He's given us a testimony. No better, as I, Brother Ray McMillan used to say this, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was him, over at Hickox, but he's at Oak Hill now, but he used to always say that he said, I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's all I am. That's all you are. You ain't got to have a theology degree. Just tell somebody what God did in your life, and he can do the same thing in yours. That's all you got to do. So tonight as we get ready to pray, I'm going to dismiss us from this part of the service. If you need to leave, you can. But if you want to stay and pray for the next 15 minutes with me, if you're at home, am I still live, Ron? Good deal. For you at home, I'm going to ask if you would to bow your heads and pray with me for the next 10 minutes. Even though you're at home, um, prayer is universal. It'll reach everywhere. So pray with us at home. Even though you can't be here, pray there. 
so we can be praying together as a church. But let's bow our head tonight. Father God, we are so thankful, Lord, for all the blessings that we have. God, we have so many reasons to praise you, so many reasons to worship you. But God, the most important reason I have tonight, Lord, is the fact that I stand here saved. God, saved from my sin, saved from hell, saved from the damnation that's going to they're going to follow for all of those who have not put their faith and trust in you, God. I am a part of your family. God, you have adopted me. I belong to you. I have the Holy Spirit uh, as a promise that sealed me until the day of redemption. God, I am yours. And Lord, I know that there's going to come a day when I'm going to see you face to face. Lord, help me to live for you in such a way that when I stand before you one day, God, I won't stand ashamed. Lord, that I'll have lived my life the best that I can to share the gospel, to take as many people with me as I possibly can. I pray, God, that you'll bless our time of prayer tonight. Lord Jesus, I pray it just be a special time as we pray for not only uh, our own lives, that we be bold, but God, for our community, Lord, for our country, for our schools, for all the lost around us, God, for the hurting. Lord, that we might be able to make a difference in the lives of those here in Waynesville. God, just... Pray, Lord, that you will just bless us tonight in this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.